Welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts for God's glory. Know someone who is making an impact for God's kingdom using their gifts, talents, and passions? We'd love to meet them. Send us an email at podcast at giftsforglory.com. That's podcast at gifts, the number four, glory.com. And now here is our host, Dave Ebert. Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to Gifts for Glory. We're so thankful that you're along with us, whether you're watching uh, the live stream on uh, Facebook, YouTube, uh, or you're uh, checking us out on the Taken TV Network uh, podcast channel, or you're just listening on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, we thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we just encourage you, uh, if you would, uh, uh, like, share, subscribe, and also leave a review if you're on one of those podcast platforms. Uh, that accepts reviews. Any uh, f- positive feedback would be wonderful. And also to help uh, more people find uh, the amazing stories that we're able to share here. Uh, we uh, just uh, really appreciate that. And if you're new to the show, we uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, feel free to follow us on social media at gifts for glory That's at Gifts, the number four, Glory. Uh, you can also uh, be a Patreon if you'd like to support what we do. Uh, Patreon.com slash Gifts, the number four, Glory. So we're really excited about uh, this episode of uh, Gifts of Glory. We're uh, pre-recording uh, because of um, some uh, scheduling things that I have going on. Uh, we're uh, uh, putting this out on June 1st, uh, streaming on Facebook and YouTube. And then the podcast going out tomorrow on June 2nd. Uh, so we're really excited to share uh, this episode. Uh, but before we get into the uh, to our guest, uh, let's uh, dive into our Devotions with Dave segment. Uh, for today, we're going to be reading out of 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, verses 10 and 11. And uh, this one really fits in uh, with what we do and uh, my philosophy uh, behind Gifts for Glory. In fact, uh, the uh, the t-shirt, uh, Our Gifts for His Glory, hashtag OGHG, Our Gifts for His Glory, that's what we're all about. And uh, in uh, uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, Peter's talking about that. Uh, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in his various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And right after this, uh, Peter uh, is starting to talk about suffering as a Christian. So that goes hand in hand with this idea of use your gifts to serve others, to glorify God, to bring people closer to God. God is the ultimate creator, and we are designed to be in his image, just as creative, just as talented, obviously on a much smaller scale. But it's all about serving him through the gifts that he's given you, because there's somebody that you're going to be able to reach. Uh, whether it's podcasting or comedy or uh, being a a voice in the wilderness trying to uh, uh, wake people up to raise awareness, things like that. You know, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And, uh, you know, I talked about a lot of creative gifts, but there are administrative gifts. There are gifts of just simply having... Uh, incredible blessings. Maybe you come from a rich family. Maybe uh, you've been very blessed in your work. And, and maybe your gift is the ability to give, to support, uh, and to um, to meet needs. So use whatever gift that you have 
and use it in a way to be a faithful steward of what God has given you. Uh, and it's not to say that everything has to be given away for free. It doesn't mean that if you have a talent or a gift, you can't be paid for it. But use it in a way that honors God. Um, and I just want to encourage you with that. And that's kind of our philosophy with Gifts of Glory. Our uh, uh, passage again was 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. Uh, so I just want to encourage you, use your gifts for God's glory. And uh, he will uh, um, multiply it. He will expand it. And he will use it in many ways that you can't possibly imagine. So that is our Devotions with Dave segment for today. Uh, thank you again for uh, joining us here on Gifts for Glory. Uh, next up, I want to uh, bring up our guest. Uh, her name is Donna Carter. Uh, she's uh, with an organization called Going Ballistic. Uh, she's the founder, president. She's an activist and a patriot. Uh, she's a mom with a mission. And she is a uh, Texas Dynamo with a passion uh, to be to articulate uh, ways to protect kids in schools and also uh, protect the law enforcement officers that ensure their protection. Uh, she encourages us to do more than wonder what would happen if there were an active shooter in your child's school. Go beyond the topic of gun control and have a conversation that protects kids and communities. Pray for peace, but be prepared. And so prepare yourselves to uh, meet uh, Donna Carter. Donna, welcome to Gifts for Glory. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much, Dave. I'm excited to be here. So I was really excited to uh, uh, when uh, Leslie from uh, Felix Strategies reached out and uh, shared your information uh, because uh, you know as we uh, are sharing this live stream or this uh, video feed, uh, we are just past the, uh, the anniversary of the uh, Uvalde shootings, uh, the, the tragedy that happened at that school where so many things went wrong and one of them was the the police didn't necessarily have the equipment they needed to go in and protect the kids uh so uh that's kind of where going ballistic starts i believe but mm -hmm. in your words tell us about going ballistic and uh the inspiration behind it um yes well that is exactly the catalyst um i'm my brother-in-law is a retired texas ranger and so after a few days of just praying and lamenting, and I thought I should call Matt. And um, so I texted him and just said, hey, you know, do you have some time to talk? And um, and we I, we called, we started talking. And it was just one of those conversations where he goes, Donna, you know, it's funny you called. And, you know, I think he had been praying and lamenting as well. And um it just turned into one of those conversations that I believe was, uh, you know, Holy Spirit inspired. And a lot of the information that I was given uh, by him was things I had not heard yet. Um, like the fact that um, what happened there had a lot of similarities, what happened in Columbine, which mm. was over 30 years ago. And so back in the days of Columbine, what would have um, been able to take a rifle round would have uh, required a dolly, you know, SWAT type vehicle to, to bring it to the site and um, and get it off the truck and get it out there. And today, that same piece of equipment, um, which a shield that can take a rifle round is just one shield, like a 24 by 30 feet, uh, 36 feet. Uh, piece of equipment you can carry in the back seat or the trunk of the car. And, mm -hmm. you know, and just hearing some of that 
my head exploded and my heart broke. And, um, you know, part of the waiting that a lot of us witnessed on the footage was because that shield that they were waiting on came from the next county. Mm. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, and he even said, you know, I don't know why every first responder doesn't have one. And I thought, yeah, and um, that just started, uh, and he goes, well, you ought to call, you know, Sheriff Shipley is um, the recipient of the first shield, and um, I, I called him, and I said, hey, if if it were to happen, are we ready? Are we equipped? And, you know, the answer was no, and so, um, you know, hence going ballistic was born. So these shields, uh, approximately how much does one cost? So in the research process of that same question is like, where do you get them? How much are they? Um, I just, you know, went to the internet and started looking into that, you know, praying, praying and seeking is really all I, I've done thus far. Yeah. And uh, the first phone call I got back was from someone from Highcom Armor. And it was the armor company that supplied the shield that ended up in U Valley and ended up taking those rounds. And they um, equip uh, the U.S. Marshals and Texas Rangers and things like that. So um, it it, again, I felt like was God, but so Highcom Armor is giving us a deal which is 30% below what the departments can get them for even. Mm. And so it's forty five about $4,500. And of course, we're getting their newest. It's the Titan Level 3 with the lights and the little window. And um, yeah, there's, I actually have one here if you want to see it. <laughs> That would be kind of cool to see it. Um, so uh, ba basically going ballistic is uh, there to help raise raise funds, basically, so that uh, police departments and first responders have access to this life-saving equipment, kind of a, a shield of faith in the uh, full armor of God as they uh, respond to tragedies and, and uh, serious situations. Um, what uh, is it just merely donations? Do you have events? Uh, how do you uh, get out there and, and get the funds? So we are taking donations. You know, as soon as I spoke the words going ballistic, it was actually um, last July 4th. We had some people out to the house. And and uh, it, like I said, it was like the first time I said it out loud. Well, I mean, it was just like it took on a life of its own. Someone here like help me get the domain that weekend. We, he had someone else that had the website set up for me. I mean, all just um, affirming to me that God was involved. And um, so, uh, yeah, it. I now I can't even remember what you asked me, but um, just the uh, the um, what you know the the game plan is, I guess of. Oh, yeah. And so now we have uh, are able to take donations on our website and we have our first event coming up July 15th will be our first fundraising event. Um, and so we're looking forward to that. But um, but so, yeah, at, at the Highcom Armor, actually, after they found out about us and um, they have just really come alongside and partnered with us and they gave us our first shield. Oh, wow. And so they donated it and they're actually willing to do that annually um 
you know, depending on growth and that we're still around. But um, so it, just just very because um, I didn't know where the money was going to come from. I didn't you know, I didn't have any idea. Right. But that's exactly how God works. I mean, it was just it's it's just been awesome to witness. And then just getting to meet people like you and, and Leslie and um, it's just so gratifying to, and just affirming to know that there are so many of us who um, like you can't keep us down, yeah. you know, I mean, they, they don't want to hear it. And, um, you know, hopefully we're all ready to make a little bit more racket. Um, you know, that silent majority is needs to really speak up. So are you uh, focusing on, on Texas or what's your focus as far as like where going ballistic is going to cover? We have identified um, almost 100 rural communities in Texas. So uh, smaller departments just don't have the budget, um, especially when there's no SWAT with their police station or anything like that. Um, so yes, I'm kind of blooming where I'm planted and now we're working, um, with Navarro County. And, um, so we're just going to try to kind of grow locally. And, uh, but we are also looking at partnering with, um, the Patriot Academy, which is just, again, a wonderful, um, organization who is trying to grow disciples and, um, and, and Patriots and, mm -hmm. They are out of Fredericksburg, which is a little farther away, but still here in Texas. Um, you know, I'd love to see, you know, I, I don't want to ever limit God. You know, I'd love to see little going ballistics pop up all over the place. And, um, you know, people just understand that we don't have to wait on the government to do everything, you know, and, and God forbid if there were an incident, um, you know, I know laying in bed at night asking myself all the questions, you know, the buck really stops here. I mean, if something happens to, you know, my loved one or, or someone I know, you know, I'm going to start saying, what could I have done? Mm -hmm. Have you uh, received all positive or is there, have you received any kind of negative uh, pushback for what you're trying to do? Uh, you know, it has been mostly positive. I, of course, get a little bit of pushback. And then right after we kind of had the idea, which going ballistic is basically just me, my brother-in-law, the Texas Ranger, and then my husband, who's willing to be our secretary. Um, but he, he, you know, really lets me do a lot of it because he wants if, if it were to be successful of course god gets all the glory and i am I literally i say like i feel like i'm walking around jericho just tooting the horn going what are we doing like i don't <laughs> know what i'm doing <laughs> um and uh but so yeah we uh we're just a small little entity that you know doesn't have um you know much going on yet right so, uh, so, uh, but this would be your first year anniversary coming up this summer. So, uh, oh, pushback. So some pushback yeah. is, so I picked the name again. I hope that was divinely inspired, mm -hmm. but, um, so my husband was even like, that's I, yeah, you know, but that's going to wrinkle some feathers. So it took a while to get my 501c3, mm -hmm. but we did get it within the year. 
Um, okay. So I obtained the 50. I think I filed for it in August, maybe, and then I obtained it in December, and then we had gifted our first shield in February. Oh wow! So uh, your your goal for this year, according to the uh, the presser I saw, is uh, is uh, 50 this year. 50 this year, yes. And um, uh, oh, go ahead. No, that and that seemed like wow, yeah, you know. But uh, again, I'd I'd rather have a high goal and not hit it than um, underestimate or, yeah. you know, I I don't mind failing. I you know I'm not in this in the results business. Um, you know, my husband is territorial and protective of me, and you know it's like oh, and, but I've embarrassed myself for for <laughs> less. You know, I, I'm not worried about any of that. And that's the thing when it's on a, you know, something that you're doing for God, even if you fall flat on your face, you're in the perfect position because you're laying prostrate before him. So it reminds uh, yeah. me of the Blues Brothers. I don't, I don't know if you remember that movie. Oh, yeah. We're on a mission from God. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I want to transition in uh, one of my favorite parts of every uh, episode is we talk about the um, – uh, our guest testimony, their story of how they found the Lord and or how they let the Lord find them. So did you grow up in a Christian home or how did you come to uh, to uh, Christian faith? I was blessed to grow up in a Christian home. Um, I remember being in about the second grade and um, starting to spend the night with friends and, you know, at my house, we had dinner on the table at five o'clock and we prayed before meals. And I thought everybody did that. Mm-hmm. And so I just I just remember it kind of, you know, of course, first of all, nobody eats that early. <laughs> my parents were were self-employed. And so, um, you know, that's what we did. And uh, so eating late and, uh, you know, the whole family not being together because of, you know, working parents or, or, or whatever. Um, it was just a new experience for me. And so I'm so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I saved at seven. I was, you know, baptized and understood then um, what I was doing. At, and it was actually on Father's Day. And I um, then <laughs> went wayward for a while, you know, I, I was born or grew up in the eighties and, um, you know, it, it was a very tumultuous time in lots of, you know, and, and I, and I was just rebellious. I, um, you know, I, I took that wide gate path and, yeah. uh, you know, it, but never lost my faith, never, you know, and I would, you know, sit on the bar stool or whatever and just, you know, talk about how, you know, I'm way past denial, you know, and, and I, I knew my fate, you know, I, I was so just lost and deceived and yeah. delusional, um, but was just served a big portion of faith. And so, um, you know, I fell back on mercy and grace and really just abused them and, and how unfortunate, uh, until, you know, I kind of woke up, grew up, and, um, you know, at 40, uh, I, I really then had a recommitment of my life, and um, the Holy Spirit, I believe, 
interacted with me in a way that had not um, before that. And that, that was because I was doing some different things and had true repentance and, um, you know, uh, a mentor that led me into uh, a real dependence on God and not just a belief in God. It's very different. Like my faith, I, I never doubted God. But as far as being obedient and depending on him, I was clueless about it. I had I had no idea how or why I would do that. Um, and so that that changed everything for me. And so I I was in a relationship at that time after many broken hearts and relationships by me. Mm-hmm. Um and my husband, who I'm married to now, uh, we got married and uh, he and I were older and had not had children. And so we uh, and he, too, a strong believer. He, he was um, the first person who really was a spiritual leader. And um, and boy, did I need it. And I'm, I'm just so grateful for him. And he stepped by me through a lot of the hard years at the end and um and uh, then waited to see if i was really really changed for a while which i don't blame him a bit and then uh so one of the remarkable things god did for us is we had our first child um when i was 48 and um he was 61. wow (laughs) so uh congratulations thanks Uh, you said first child, so that means uh, there's more on the way, or there are more. Uh, no, no, yeah. just meaning he nor I had ever had children. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, that that is awesome. Uh, how did you guys end up meeting? How how did that happen? Well, I was living in Little Rock, Arkansas, at the time, so I did you know a lot of geographical changes and and stuff like that, and um, and I I met a girl that knew him. I, I grew up in Texas and um, he was in Texas. He grew up in Missouri, but um, I met her and, and she called him. And the first thing she said to him was, your prayers have been answered. <laughs> and, and so we, we uh, you know, started dating then and I moved back to Texas. I moved to Dallas in, in 06 and, and we started um you know, our, our life together with, with some hiccups along the way. And, and sure. like I say, uh, you know, I didn't really get straightened out. And if it weren't been, if it hadn't been for him unconditionally loving me, I don't think I ever really understood, uh, you know, as wonderful as my parents are and, um, and were, it, it was, um, you know, be good, get good or, you know what I mean? And right. it was, it was really foreign to me um, to not um, have any conditions on, on it, you know, behavior didn't matter and, and, you know, expectations are never lowered um, because of, of um, performance and, and things like that. Wow. That's, so was, your husband was kind of your catalyst to getting back into faith or he, or he helped guide you along that way? He did. Well, he stuck by me. Through, so when I met him, um, you know, I was I was trying to be good kind of thing or whatever. And then uh, had to, you know, say fall off the wagon or just kind of went a little awry for a while. Um, 
which was actually a God thing because, uh, you know, he got to witness firsthand, you know, like having, uh, you know, a, a glass of wine at dinner is just not something Donna does and um, never really cared about doing. You know, I pretended that that was okay, but it, it really wasn't for me. And um, and so, you know, God had to, to prove to him, I think, that, you know, for some of us, it's just not a really good idea. Yeah. How, I mean, uh, how hard do you think it was for you guys being later in life to be able to come together and, and, and have a marriage and then, uh, you know, have a baby? Do you think it was more challenging or do you think that because you're more mature, you guys adjusted easier? I think that the difficulty is the same. Uh, I think that everything in life has its pros and cons and has the flip side of the coin. And um, that had we been able or willing, I'm not sure, you know, like the, the first six months we met to, to do it then, I think there would have been a wonderful result from that. I think there probably would have been more children. There would have been, you know, and and then, right, there there'd have been the flip side. He worked all the time, you know, never would have been there. Like it, it, life really is hard for everyone. It's so yeah. hard. You know, now we are both retired. We are basically stay-at-home parents with all the time in the world. You know, is that great for our son? I don't know. I mean, you know, it, if you if you love him and raise him up, you know, to the best of your ability, like God is going to do what he's going to do in that child's life. And I don't have to feel personally responsible for that. You know, all I, all I can do is all I can do. And, and if you're working all the time and have 10 kids, you know, it's still all you can do. Um, and it's still, you've got more energy and you've got, you know, other kids for them to play with. But for us, you know, we've got more free time and disposable income or, you know, yeah. like I, I don't think it's, it's ever easy. And I, I, um, I don't think you ever have to be, um, you know, deceived that it's, it's, it's harder for you than anybody else because it's always hard. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you get married, you have the kid, and then all of a sudden you're out trying to change lives and save lives in the state of Texas. How, how, how was, uh, uh, I know that your husband works the secretary. How does your family feel and, and uh, are they fully supportive? Is your, uh, is your kid supportive as well uh, of what you're doing? Um, you know, I'll, I'll have to admit it takes more time than I thought it would. Um, but hopefully, um, it's just like sowing seed in any part of your life, right? The work and the digging and the planting and, you know, all that has to happen. And then yeah. at some point, you sit back and wait for your crop. But really, the waiting can be difficult, too. You know, the worrying, did I do enough? Was it, you know, um, they love it. And I know he's proud of me. You know, right now, he's trying to keep the dogs quiet. And, you know, everybody, <laughs> like, let let the house be quiet or, or whatever. So, you know, does is he supportive? Yes. 
Are there times that he wishes I was home more? Yes. Um, the other night I had to drive to Longview, Texas, and I got to speak at a True Texas Project event. Um, but when I was leaving, my son was like, well, how, how many days will you be gone? <laughs> and, you know, so, um, you know, like I say, God has, and now looking back, like God has positioned me exactly where he needed to for me to be able to do it what it is i'm doing um and jeff and and i think um you know jack my son is um you know hopefully going to be proud of me really it's all because i have friends who you know most of my friends are becoming grandparents and are becoming uh, like their kids are graduating college and so they have raised their children and all this time I've been so selfish and just being like, "Ugh, can't you get a sitter or, you know what I mean? And, uh, or they tell me about these wonderful classical Christian education, you know, private schools that they're going to. And I'm like, blah, 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 private school. <laughs> I get it, you know, when I had no idea. And part of that too is, is now realizing that I am one of the ones who have sat on the sidelines the last 30 years when our education system has been so corrupted and all of this um, happening. For instance, a part of the research that I've done about these school shootings and um, has really opened my eyes to the fact that, uh, so what else? I'll just ask you in your opinion in the last 30 years. So we've always had crazy people and we've always had guns since the beginning of America. So right. what else do you think is involved? As a Christian, it's definitely, uh, I, I know that it's a, a spiritual war as much as anything else, because the enemy knows his time is running out. So he's trying to distract as many as possible and convince as many as possible that, uh, God doesn't exist. Otherwise, why wouldn't he stop all these things? Evil's been around since the beginning of time, too. And yeah. and I don't know. I don't guess the devil knows the time or the day, right? Because yeah. nobody does. So he's been going at it like it was his last day the whole time and still is. Mm -hmm. uh, so, well, in, in video games. Right. So in the research that we've done and, and so what we do to desensitize our military is the same thing that happens in these video games mm. and this whole um, like John Wick thing and, and it, the movies that we're seeing. My mom was here this weekend and, and, you know, I watched some of these old movies that we considered so graphic. And it was just like, pat, bang, you know, and they right. fall over and maybe some ketchup a little bit here, like on the shirt or something. And it, it's this romanticizing of homicide yeah. and just glorifying just the evil and the destruction. And, and that happened under my watch, too. Yeah. You know, and um, and, and, and we know these things like there's studies being done. There's a book called On Killing and it's. It's by a guy, Dave Grossman, and he has studied it more than anyone. And it's about uh, the ability for one human to kill another human and just uh, everything we've known from the beginning. So the whole idea of a um, uh, firing squad is because they knew 
maybe 10% would actually shoot to kill. Maybe. Mm. That way they never knew who did it. And, and it was required because, you know, and I mean, there are, it's not always in, in the whole Holocaust thing and all of that, but it's, it's really that we know a lot of what's going on and a lot of it could be corrected at home, in our homes, in their bedrooms. It's, it's not, you know, I mean, this, uh, there's a lot of research too being done on, on the psych meds that these people are on. A lot of them are on the same ones. A lot of them have taken the same path, um, you know, pharmaceutically. And it's, it's, um, just very disturbing how the conversations that we're having are going around the same mountains and, and we're not looking down um, into the light. We're not looking in towards the solution. What can be done? What can we do? Um, it's, it's down that dark path of, of us thinking there's no hope. Like this is just where we're headed. Right. It- and that's actually, you know, very poignant to think that, you know, video games have been on the rise the last 30 years that have just added to a culture that devalues human life. Uh, and now we have AI. Yep, AI. And we've had abortion on demand for 40 some odd years. Uh, the way we talk to each other on social media is also just we don't talk to each other like humans. If you say something that's even remotely against what I believe, I'm going to hit the all caps button and yell at you like you're a rotten dog. So we're in a society that doesn't value life in many ways. We're just so, I believe, deceived, right? Um, And so just to be uh, totally forthcoming, I have been married before. Um, three times before. And, um, you know, I remember being in Bible studies and, and, and talking about, you know, oh, how miserable I was or whatever. And God fearing wonderful women would just think, would say to me, well, you don't have kids, you know, you shouldn't be miserable. Um, you know, and, and just really, not um, hold me to a higher standard mm-hmm. of, you know, maybe being miserable right now is part of your journey <laughs> or, right. or whatever may have been a, a better um, path for a, a biblical narrative to be real. Yeah. Um, and I, at 18 years old, I was married and, um, you know, living just an ungodly life and had an abortion, Mm. you know, and again, it was, uh, you know, we were having marital problems that we were thinking about divorce already. And, you know, that how such a young promising woman, you know, how could I, um, think that at that age I was ready for a child or, you know, again, I was deceived by others who were deceived. Right. To thinking, well, that's true. You know, I'm so young and I don't want to be a single mom or, you know, it, it was just all um, and here again, seeking God through it. And, and I believe them, you know, well intended 
just giving bad advice. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, we listen to our emotions a little bit more. We listen to God sometimes and we want so badly just to be the encourager and the helper that we sacrifice sound theological doctrine for the feel good moment. We, we tickle each other's ears because we want to comfort one another instead of holding to account. So yeah, totally understand what, 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 what you mean. I obviously don't understand, you know, uh, what you went through seeing that, but, uh, it's very important that we tell each other the truth in love. Well, and not spin it. Right. I mean, the Bible's the Bible and it's as real today as it was then. And it's as applicable today as it was then. There's, there's no need to do that. And we don't right. have to water it down. I don't, I, um, I'm so aware and it's, it's a shame. It takes so much life to be able to have enough, um, experiential knowledge of how God's plan is better, of how obedience saves us from hurt and hurting others and harm. Um, he's not trying to be a killjoy, you know, um, that there, there is true freedom in, um, in surrender and um, in obedience. Absolutely. Amen. So I want to remind our, our, our uh, listeners, our viewers, visit goingballistic.org uh, to uh, find out ways that you can help support. And also maybe uh, reach out and say, hey, I want to do something similar in my town because I know that, uh, you know, we have a lot of, you know, in Virginia where I grew up, um, in uh, the Chicago suburbs, you know, these kind of things are not always readily available. Being close to Chicago, I'm sure that there's probably ways to get that to a local area like to uh, the, the suburbs, but Southwestern Virginia, uh, Southern West Virginia, where I grew up, probably not uh, the resources there either. So maybe things started going ballistic uh, in the mountains there. Uh, so uh, check it out and uh, be inspired, be inspired to uh, not only just ask what you can do, but do it. Uh, so I really uh, appreciate uh, uh, Donna uh, for you coming on talking about going ballistic. And before I let you go, I uh, have two final segments. Uh, the uh, final segment will be asking you to give your wise counsel to anyone that has uh, a gift, a talent, a passion, and they want to use it in a way to honor God. So that'll be our final question. So I'll let that marinate for a few moments. And uh, until we get there, we have the interrogation which are seven random questions that otherwise wouldn't have fit in the rest of the conversation. Most of them are softball, so uh, nothing to worry about. So we'll uh, dive into the interrogation now. First question, uh, what do you do to unwind and refresh? A bath. I am a bath person. Uh, not bubbles and, and all that's too hard to clean up later. Yeah. But, um, I like to soak and, um, and so, yeah, that's, that's what I do. Good. Question number two, uh, what makes you laugh? Um, well, God does a lot of times. <laughs> um, but I am 
you know, an America's Funniest Videos kind of gal, mm -hmm. you know, just, just real life um, mishaps, I, I guess you would say, and, and just being able to, to laugh about, to hop up and dust off and giggle. Just to enjoy and share in what makes us all human. All right. Very cool. I like that. Number three, with whom do you most identify in scripture? Oh, probably, probably Mary Magdalene. Um, you know, I say that, uh, but it was probably more the woman at the well, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's who I, I'm probably mirror more um, um, just because, you know, she had been married before and, and, you know, lived with someone and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, just the understanding later of how, uh, you know, there's a, a, a thirst that can't be quenched by anything else than living water. Mm. That's beautiful. I like that. Question number four, what's a talent you have that uh, very few people have seen? Huh. Well, I, it's funny. It just reminds me. So when I, when I was little, I had, um, uh, if my parents had not been able to afford dental work. So I had, you know, the gap in the middle that was so big that that muscle hung down in the, mm. the between your two teeth. And then I was missing my next two teeth, which are called your laterals. Um, and so I had a removable flipper, which I could flip down my lateral teeth till I was 27, I think. <laughs> and so I could, you know, do it. And I kind of looked like a vampire, but now I had got a permanent bridge done and I wish I'd have never done it. So, uh, it's not nearly as cool. And I filed down perfectly good teeth, but so a talent that I have, I'll tell you through, through this and God using some of my talents is, um, is being a squeaky wheel. Mm. You know, I, I don't mind, you know, talking to people I don't know and, and picking up the phone and, um, you know, I, I guess that that's kind of a talent that maybe be a character defect too. I'm not sure, but God uses both. <laughs> yeah. Question number five, where would you most like to visit in this life? <sighs> you know, uh, everywhere I, I haven't been over the pond i i've i you know i haven't um seen anything other well the united states and mexico <laughs> um so you know i i would love to travel a lot one of the things is so you, this is one of those good bad things like the both sides of the coin thing so yeah. i meet this wonderful man who's you know, financially stable, and he won't get on an airplane. Mm. <laughs> you know, so you take the good with the bad. Yeah. Well, you take a cruise, take a boat. Yeah. And I used to think maybe I'd be able to get him on a boat or something like that. And then you remember a few years back when the, it was like all those cruises were stranded and yeah, so I don't think that's going to happen. Which I could maybe do a river cruise. Like, I, I, I haven't lost full hope on that. But, yeah. um, 
you know, I, my son and I can maybe travel and, uh, you know, maybe I can get him on an airplane and, uh, when he's old enough. He's only five. Okay. But we'll <laughs> pray for your husband's deliverance from his uh, irrational fear of international <laughs> okay. travel. Thank you. I quit praying for that. I thought, yeah, you know, <laughs> he's fine. Uh, question number six, who is your hero? Jesus is too easy. So next. Yeah. Um, uh, probably my, I have a, a mentor. Uh, her name is Lisa Crunky, And, um, you know, she's been in my life for about 15 years. And um, I, I, uh, I just appreciate her guidance and, um, just her, her willingness to be honest with me um, and not just tell me what I want to hear. Yeah. That's awesome. That's what my mom's for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. And the final question of the interrogation, if you were to run for a political office, what office would you run for and what's your day one task? Hmm. hmm. Office would I run for? Probably um, mayor, because I hear that there is a town in Texas. It's called Stafford, Texas, and I just heard this too. It's funny, um, and I used to work in Stafford years a lifetime ago, but that they have no property taxes because of wow. their mayor. Very so, cool. Mm -hmm. Well, if you were in Illinois, you would have my vote regardless of what city you're in. Because <laughs> that's well, how we do funny, it up here. Yeah, well, the funny thing is I was born in Chicago. You were, really? Mm -hmm. My mother was born and raised in Chicago. All right. Well, I'm, in, uh, I'm right outside of Joliet, so I'm not in Chicago. Oh, I just yeah. use it for reference. Yeah. Uh, so well, that's very cool. I, I really, that's uh, a small world. It is. All right. Well, Donna, the uh, final question that I ask every guest is for anyone that's looking to step up and use their gifts for God's glory. What is your wise counsel? Uh, you know, it's funny. So I was just going to say do it. Right. But um, it's funny because just doing what is is right in front of you with the thought of others in mind um, because I think we spend a lot of time thinking about ourselves and, and I used to really beat myself up a lot mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it, it was, I didn't realize that's Donna sitting around thinking about Donna mm -hmm. and it, it wasn't helping at all. And so um, my, that would be my thing is, is ask the person next to you, um, you know, how they're doing, what do they need, and then start to help them fulfill their need. And, um, you know, and that for me, that's go do the dishes or go do some laundry or, you know, it doesn't have to be this big, huge thing. You know, it, I think it starts at simple and, um, you know, at home, which is sometimes the hardest place to do it. And then, you know, at church, and and then at school and then at you know uh, on a community level 
we've really lost that local community thing. And, and, and maybe, you know, it's a good thing because you and I probably wouldn't be talking right now if it weren't for the ability for us to do this. And maybe the community's just grown and the church has grown. You know, it was never a building anyway. Um, but, but it would be that follow that small, still voice. Like you are passionate about something. And the way I find out what I'm passionate about is what makes me mad. Um, it doesn't take long and, and you will know, and there will be an opportunity. God will open doors. God will open, you know, and, and I've had some kicked slam shut in my face. And, um, you know, if that hadn't happened, I'd have continued down those paths mm-hmm. rather than, you know, be open to what whatever it was God had next. Absolutely. Well, Donna, yeah. I agree. Oh, fear go ahead. Not. No, it was fear not. Don't don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Well, Donna Carter, thank you so much for coming on Gifts for Glory to talk about uh, going ballistic and and just showing us that there are a million and one ways to serve God. There are a million and one ways to get involved and serve your fellow man. And uh, like I said, if, you, if it makes you angry, if you're passionate about it, find a way to go fix it. And I, I think that uh, that you're a great example. And uh, I just really appreciate your heart and uh, pray huge success for going ballistic and uh, that you will someday be able to take a special honeymoon overseas. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Thank you so much. It's just so inspiring to know you're out there and, 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 you know, you're in the fight, in the battle that we know is already won, but I'm still going to put up a fight. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you all so much for joining us on Gifts for Glory. We will see you uh, in two weeks right here on uh, Facebook, on YouTube, or wherever you get your, uh, your uh, podcast. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.